What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 49 of the Coffee Club podcast. Back again. We're all here in Europe now, which is pretty sweet. George and I here in St. Moritz, reunited. And Ollie, also in Switzerland, over at Lausanne. How's everyone feeling after? These boys just got in yesterday. Yes, that five-mile run yesterday was one of the hardest runs of my life, probably. Did you did you get a jog in Ollie? Yeah, I did five with Monson and like it was pretty tough. But it, the views here have been beautiful. So it's been able to like counterweight the feeling of sh- being shit. And then just the beauty of like where we are in Switzerland is like, okay, it looks nice and I can get through it, the five mile run of pain after the flights. Yeah, that also helped in San Reds, actually. I was like, oh, I can run on this beautiful freaking trail for half an hour. That's fine. And then jump in the lake. That's not, that's not the worst thing in the world. That's not, it's not the worst thing in the world. Switzerland is crazy. It's, it's, Honestly, you think it's just in the movies or it's played up and then it's just the most beautiful place in the world and you understand why the people are so freaking, I don't know, uppity. Like they don't give a fuck about anything else. They don't want to be part of <laughs> Europe or whatever. They're just like Switzerland is the best. I'm like, yeah, it kind of, I mean, it kind of is the best. It's just so beautiful. It's so pretty here and uh, we'll take advantage of that. Thank you very much on on running Swiss brand, Swiss engineering. So Swiss engineering. Yeah. Here to stay. <laughs> uh, so to start off, we talked, I think we did most of the talk about Euros last time. We don't have too much more to say on that, I don't think, but we'll we'll close up our recap because if you remember, we finished the last episode pretty much right when... Right before <laughs> Mario raced. Yeah, I remember finishing <laughs> the episode and luckily there was a 30-minute rain delay at the meet because it was storming there and then I had a bit of time to breathe and get settled before watching it but it was literally bang bang and then the race we had a collective prediction that Mario was going to win Jakob second Haywood I think we did we say Haywood third I think all said a UK any British runner yeah any British I runner, think yeah. you said Haywood there was Haywood was top of the list Haywood or yeah Haywood or Neil were going to be like the ones where I thought they would take some silverware yeah and yeah. then the way the race played out I mean once again, Jakob just put the mixed squeeze on the field and it just showed how fucking good he is at running pretty much. Like it was, yeah. it was so clinical. I mean, what did you guys, did you guys get to watch it? Yeah. yeah I watched it. The yeah. stream was good actually. Jakob looked in better shape at Europeans <laughs> than at Worlds. I don't know how that's possible. I agree. But I agree. he looked, like he he looked way shape. more relaxed. I feel like he, apparently, apparently he's been just getting better and better. Apparently he wasn't going to race Lausanne and then he's like, oh, I feel really good. So I'm going to race it. So I guess, yeah, he's been feeling pretty good lately. Yeah. yeah Mario be, uh, said it was windy and raining, like spray everywhere. And Jakob can do just jog 332 in there. Yeah. yeah the man, the man's done it before. He can do it again. Yeah. Like so he's just so good in all conditions. Mario ended up third, which. Obviously, great for the OAC. He was, it was one of those ones where, and he told me he was going to do this beforehand. He was just trying to win. Like, he really wanted to beat Jakob. And so he just went and sat on Jakob the whole time and, like, went on, along for the ride, so to speak. And then in the last 100 or whatever it was, like, Haywood could go around him because I think Haywood raced it a little more conservatively. I would say yeah. he wasn't as quite as, like, gun ho about it. So, I mean, overall for those guys, still like everyone, was, it was amazing performances. It oh, was yeah, kind of weird that, did you guys notice like after that, 
it was like carnage at the back. Like Europeans is very deep in the 1500, but in that race, the, it was pretty big separation for what is essentially like a perfectly paced 332 race. If you think about it, like Jakob, yeah, I think he went through in 154, maybe 153, mm-hmm. but like pretty perfect pacing, absolute carnage behind him. So I don't know yeah. if people are tired or what. I didn't pay much I mean, attention after Mario. <laughs> A lot of a lot of championship racing. I um I spoke to uh, Neil Gooley and uh, Jake Haywood. They're here in Lusanne. We had a coffee this morning, bonding, um, having a great time. And uh, they kind of said that like everyone's just like tired from championship racing. I think like going particularly the UK athletes going through World Champs, Commonwealth Games, and then Europeans. It's like you go through the same kind of maybe physically you're okay, but mental like capacity of just like teeing up for those championships is like quite a lot and. I think uh, in general, like a lot of those European athletes were probably feeling a little bit of, uh, you know, a bit of tiredness from Worlds or just like, you know, end of season kind of vibes of just mentally trying to get yourself there. And I mean, um, personally, like when we watched Mario in the heat, the last hundred looked quite tough for him. Usually he's pretty relaxed and pretty composed. And I think like it's just, it's just, like, you know, it's been a long season and a lot of those guys are probably just a little bit more tired than what they could be or they could have been earlier in the season. Because if you had Europeans like before Wells, I reckon it would have been like it's such a different race. Um, and yeah, just the way that the, the Europeans after comms, after world champs, a lot of racing for those boys. But in general, it was a lot more, yeah, you're right, Morgan, like a lot more carnage at the back than you'd expect. You do usually expect a lot of those European guys who have run 332 in multiple races just to be like lined up, ready to, to strike in that last like 400, 300 meters. So it was pretty interesting actually. Yeah, and yeah, as we said, Jakob reigns supreme. Um, yeah, I'm just going to close this window. So it was overall Euros recap, I think, as we mentioned last week, as we said we expected beforehand, similar to Com Games, electric atmosphere out there. Uh, from everything that I've heard, crazy stands, like field stands, crazy fans, and just going crazy, and especially it was in Germany, and there was some really big German performances winning – they won a bunch of stuff, like the women's 100, and then they won the 4 by one Like I think that was maybe the last race of the meet or something. It was like classic, like hometown. Coco's 5,000. Okay, Coco's yeah. 5,000 was crazy. That was to do that at a home <laughs> Europeans. Yeah. I suppose like coming That's off. pretty impressive. For her, she's had a relatively more, I'm not going to say a quiet year, but she's she like gets after it normally. She's She hasn't seemingly mm. quite been in that form this year and then it was not easy competition in that european race there was some other like amazing athletes and then she just took it and got the dub and i think she was you could tell like with the emotion that she was mm. feeling after winning it that was huge almost probably i mean obviously not as cool as your win at the com games ollie but in a similar <laughs> fashion of like of like gotta, gotta, like, gotta make sure that mine's mine's still at the top oh, um, dude, that's, that's always gonna be at the top would, I was I was talking to the boys from uh, the UK boys about like uh, Munich and stuff, like the after party afterwards. They said Europeans was wild. Like, I mean, we've all been to Munich. Like, Munich is such a cool city, and they said the nightlife there was like amazing. They just went out and just went hard, and like, apparently, it was just such a great city to host Europeans. They did such a great job. Which now brings me back to the carnage <laughs> of Eugene, because when you talk about trying to improve the sport, make the sport better, I think Europe in this point of time is just ticking all the boxes like Birmingham. Um, what they did for comms was incredible. 
for the sport and now Munich, what they've done. Like I, I remember watching like the first couple of days and like there was like the stand was pretty like packed, but it wasn't great. Like it was pretty empty seats for a lot of the heats. But then when it came to the finals and I saw that, I was like, wow, like this is a massive Olympic stadium and it's almost pretty much full. So like doing that for them, like it's just like, why couldn't they fill up Eugene and why couldn't they have this much hype for world champs in America? It just kind of ticks the boxes of like, okay, well, Munich's a massive Sydney. It's a city, sorry. It's a great city. Um, they're able to get probably the tickets that apparently weren't that expensive and people were just enjoying like being, being a part of like that kind of atmosphere, like the hype up and everything. And um, yeah, I just, just it just shows you like the difference between i guess the europeans is putting it into those type of situations and then like the american kind of domestic system is kind of slagging behind a little bit with getting those like because the fan engagement is definitely in the u.s it's just get a stadium and get a location that you could potentially like munich i reckon it would happen in the u.s as well looking at it now because europeans are just they're killing it with the track like it's just amazing and lusana is apparently sold out so um it's going to be exciting to be able to run in europe again and i'm sure for reveretto like that's going to be a stacked 5k where you guys are going to have great fan engagement and yeah it's just it's just going to be nice <laughs> running in europe and having that kind of atmosphere so europeans just did an amazing job with that and the boys definitely like said that it was one of the best we've meets. talked about this before and you're 100 right i feel like in europe they do a better job of getting non-track fans to go to yeah. track meets like Eugene is known as track town and it's full of track nerds and the people yeah. going to the meet are like massive track fans, which you always need in the sport. But I feel like the difference in Birmingham and I assume also in Munich is that they're bigger cities and you get more regular people that want engagement. Just, yeah. Want to just go have a sweet night of probably a bunch of beers and like some good sport and yeah. good atmosphere and stuff like in Munich and Birmingham, they had, it was like fireworks and, like stadium engagement and stuff where I feel like in the U S they just expect it to just be track nerds. There's not enough yeah. of those. You need like regular no, that, people that want to have a good time. You know, what's you, actually, need, you, need to... you know, what's interesting on that point, which was unique to Europeans this year is that normally European athletics is just an athletics carnival, but Munich hosted like simultaneously they hosted like swimming and triathlon European champs and rowing. Like, I was wondering if that was normal or not. It's not normal, yeah. but they decided to do it this year. And I think it would have had a lot of success because even one of the other girls on girls here, she's like, yeah, I went to Europeans for a bit. I saw like did some of the triathlon. I saw like all these other events and then I went to the track as well. So pretty sweet that they did that. And that definitely helped. And the other thing that That's like comes to my mind is just how easy it is to get to Munich mm -hmm. compared to America mm -hmm. And this is a problem that I think is just, it's just a, like geographical. I don't know what you can do about this, but uh, like America is just so big. Europe is just comparatively so small. There's, it's really good public tr like train system and all that to get to Munich. So you can come from all these different countries easily to get in. So it just makes it way better. So I don't that know. That is true. Yeah. There's also massive stadiums in the US that they fill every single week for every other sport <laughs> yeah but but that's different because that's not people traveling yeah, yeah it's true it's as true. much unless... well that's why they should just not have it in small towns like ollie always yeah says. yeah no it's true but kind of moving on from that ollie is obviously in lausanne which is in the i don't even know is that the other side of switzerland from way from where we are i don't really know how switzerland it is works. the uh wee wee french side the wee wee oh it is um yeah that's that's, that's, that's cool actually side. italian but i heard the, the french side um does that mean the coffee's better? 
Yeah, I went to so. this place called Lazy Bear. So I got like a tram up to it. It's like literally two minutes. And they serve it in this little, I don't know if you've seen my story, boys, but they serve in this little like carb, like a like a wooden box and a beautiful like ceramic made, like handmade mug, like a flat white. And it was just amazing. It was really so good, good coffee. And uh, so I'll be going there tomorrow before the race and hanging out and stuff. It was pretty quiet, pretty chill there. Um, you can definitely like it's Switzerland is crazy because like when we're in St. Moritz, you guys will probably experience like it's more Romanian kind of speaking and a bit more German. Whereas down here, it's all French. They all I'm speak gonna, French. Everything's in French. Romanian. <laughs> I was wondering if we were going to let that slide or not. There no, is, but there last is, time we went down to the that there is a the, local dialect like, which is Romanji, I think. Romanji. I think Romanish. it's a uh, it's Romanish. German and sorry, Italian sorry. speaking here, but I. Carry on. Well, I'm just saying the people that I ran into in St. Moritz when I was here earlier, they all spoke that Romanish that you that you mentioned. I didn't I didn't get to see that many German speaking um people, unfortunately. Maybe I was just in the in different places that you guys are at, but it's definitely like it's crazy with Switzerland because it's so different. You know, you get French speaking on this side and then you got German, Italian on one side and um it's pretty pretty diverse, honestly. Uh, yeah. so it makes you feel fucking been, stupid finally speaking English. Well, yeah, because like I went to the coffee shop and she, she, this lady, it was beautiful lady, just goes bonjour, like like really nicely, and I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, hello, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, and she's like, well, and then she just goes, she goes, what do you want? And I was like, can I get a <laughs> flat white, please? And she just nodded and then made the flat white, beautiful flat white. And then she's like, uh, you're paying by cash or card? I was like, card. And then she just looked at me and just put the card out. And I said, thank you. And she just nodded. And then I was like, fuck. She probably spit in the of your cup. If I spoke French there, man, I would have got a nice, like, she probably would have given me an extra coffee and asked me how my day was and everything. Other than that, she just thought I was English speaking. And you're like, oh, this guy's a simpleton. I was saying that to Yared on the run this morning. I was trying to say hi to all the European runners on the way past, but because Ollie has this thing where he counts people. They'd say hi back to him, and yep. it was not going well this morning. They were not being very friendly. Dude, I and... beat you in the other count before we left. <laughs> and I was just saying to you, I was like, oh, they probably just think we're dumb English-speaking Americans, slash just yep. normal. And then, but it's not turns out Yard actually minded an Italian, so he should have really? been hitting all these people okay, up. Okay, because that's the thing. It, like, the weird thing with St. Moritz is it's 20, I think 20% Italian speaking here. So Italian is very oh, common, really? especially for the people that work at the shops and hmm. stuff here so if you just throw out a lot of chows like chow mm. chow chow that'll take you pretty far chow gets you pretty far <laughs> it really does <laughs> so a little italian lesson i did not know I'll that probably, yeah, I'd, italian. That's so weird. I'd probably fuck that up i'd probably be like chow chai chai no <laughs> <a> chai latte <laughs> um, but how's uh how's because i know um tinfoil leader up there how's uh sam parsnips <laughs> going and the uh and the squad up there because it's obviously you know it seems like Boulder's kind of just moved from uh, there to St. Moritz and, and Parsnips and the, and the gang of Tinfoil Elite are really uh, getting some good training with the OEC guys out here. Tinfoil Elite is not here. It's just Sam Parsons. Oh, it's just Parsnips? Yeah. Drew and Joey raced in Finland last night, and then they also have Max with them, and that's the only people from the gang which traveled over. So uh. Sam's, Sam's doing well, though, coming off – uh, a sixth place at Euros. Actually, he's been a little sick, so I don't know. He's been, I don't know. We'll see if he's, I think he's still going to race the 5K. But the, yeah, everyone's been doing pretty well over here. It's way more relaxed here than it was when I first got here. Before, I, like, 
it was craziness. There were so many people to track. Now it's pretty chill. Honestly, OAC very prominent in St. Moritz right now, which heavy presence is kind of cool, I guess. Run this place, yeah. Run this town. People was it uh, uh, Cole Hawker was racing. Yes, yeah, that he, was a yeah. To me. Did you see the the there's a post where he's like, yeah, people overuse the term Rustbuster, and then he posted nice Rustbuster in Finland. <laughs> so I Dude, that was so funny. Thought, that no context track like picked that up as two separate things, but he literally posted those at the same time. So yeah, he posted back to back. <laughs> posted them back to back. So he's making a joke of it. I thought initially that it was they had been like months apart and they were making fun of him, but no, they're just playing along with the joke. But still pretty funny. I mean, good to see him Dude, back. Hilarious. Dude, honestly, <laughs> Cole, that was fucking that made me laugh so hard. That's I peaky. respect that so, so much. That was cheeky. Yeah. Must have listened to some coffee club. <laughs> He must have, man. But well, he knows that I uh, he knows that I call him Hole Cocker, and he knows I call uh, Cooper Tear Cooper Teardrop because he was mimicking me in a uh, new gen video, and I thought yeah, it was quite a good mimic actually. It was a bit British, but I it was, I was very flattered. Close enough. So uh, good Close to see enough. him back racing, killing it as he should be, and uh, yeah, that was a really funny. Uh, I really enjoyed those stories. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to be previewing, previewing your damn race tomorrow. Stop getting distracted. Oh yeah. All right, here's what I got. Really <laughs> I got to do pre-meet in an hour, but What's feeling the race pretty plan good. Tomorrow? Uh, the race plan tomorrow is to get, uh, I don't know. Well, I guess <laughs> so. Stewie's, Stewie's here. So like he's usually like a one-trick pony, but you never know. Like he could just chill out for a bit and then try and push it maybe halfway through the race. But I expect it to, depending on the weather, it's supposed to rain. So it could, could be shitty conditions, could be a bit windy. Um, for a guy my size, I can't really hide behind anyone except for my, uh, my boy, my muse, Jakob. So I'll probably try and stay behind those guys for most of the race. If I can get good positioning, that'd be fantastic. And then, I mean, from Birmingham, I've got pretty good confidence that the last hundred, if I reserve some energy there, I could, I could come home with a good finish. So I'm going to try and do the same thing, but maybe if, uh, if I feel good at a certain time and I think instinct tells me to go, I'll go earlier. But right now, I think if I stay at the front and try and stay composed and uh, stay stay near the uh, the heavy hitters, then yeah. I could I could become one. So that's the plan. <laughs> um, and then Beery's after the, afterwards, maybe go for a swim with my um, with my Jakob. speedos on with Jakob. Yeah, yeah. I haven't maybe, seen him yet. Maybe but, a skinny uh, dip. A skinny dip in little, the lake little, with, with little skinny dip. Skinny Ooh. dip and sauna. Um, <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah, so That'd I don't know. Really I mean, like, we'll we'll see, but I'm pretty excited for it. Um, races at 8.30 my time in Europe. I think Alicia's running at 8.43 in the 3K. She's feeling pretty good. So back I think Elise Cranny is going for the American record. So if Monson can uh, show down that party, that would be pretty pretty crazy. But they're going to be running really fast in that 3K. They've Did paced you, it to, wait. I think, Sorry, that just reminded. What did we read yesterday in that Lausanne preview? The the race itself is offering thirty thousand dollars. Oh, for thirty thousand dollars for the American, yeah, to for breaking an American record. Specifically, the American specifically record. specifically an American record. Wow. Just the meat is paying thirty grand. That's pretty sick, honestly. Hence, Elise showing up. That's pretty cool. I mean, I guess that's what it takes. Throw some money, and you'll have a lot of excitement. I mean. A big upset if Alicia actually just broke it instead. Dude, beat Elise. That'd be that, legendary. that could happen. That could happen. That'd be... That would be uh, pretty cool. Yeah. But on um, one thing that I just thought of, which might be weird to say, just when you were talking about your race, Ollie, 
Um, and one thing we should say is this is probably one of the most stacked fields of the year. I mean, there's been a lot of really good 1500 meter fields, but this has a lot of really, really good guys in it. I feel like mm. so many people probably have a race plan, which is something along the lines of sit on Jakob. But I feel mm-hmm. like, I don't know why, but I feel like you have the most right to sit on him. I don't know if you you feel the same way. I feel like I feel like there's a hierarchy. <laughs> there is a hierarchy, and I think like people people will be like, I want to sit on Jakob, but I think that's Ollie's spot. Maybe I'll I'll try sit on Ollie. <laughs> yeah. Nah, there's no nah, mate. There's no spots. Like obviously, <laughs> in my personal view, like I respect all those athletes on that field. It's a really good field, and like there's gonna be a lot of guys that could upset. Like there's a lot, there's a lot of winners in that race. Like if they race for white, they could win. Like I think like it's not. There's there's some depth there and <laughs> and um I definitely I definitely think that if I can get in that position I I'll try to but I wouldn't be surprised if like there'll be there'll be some fight for that spot and like if Stewie gets to the front and then I'm behind Stewie I mean that's not a bad position either to be honest like Stewie's been ran seven thirty one um in Stockholm and if I'm behind him and not behind Jakob like Jakob could just go to the back if he goes to the back I'm not going to go behind him at the back I'm going to stay at the front because. I don't want to like move up in a field that's probably going to be running quick, you know? So yeah, who knows? But yeah, you're right. Like a lot of people are going to be like, I want that spot, you know? And with Stewie, it was like Stewie last year. I think everyone wanted the spot behind Stewie because he was the one that was pulling people along and, and, and getting them to run pretty insane times. So um, yeah, no, you, you're 100% right. So it'll be interesting to see how the, the race plays out because it is a very deep field. And I feel like there's a lot of guys there that can uh, cause some upsets to some other guys. So should be fun. Is Wyman racing or no? Mm-mm. Jake is Jake is not. He's actually done for fifteen hundreds for the year. He's going to run the eight hundred Diamond League final, um, and then fifth half. So, very cool. We should yeah. mention that there's also an OEC matchup. Mario, Mario, Gathira, Roman, yeah. Who also this has is, some experience for all, in behind Jakob. Yeah, this is for Maybe all the marbles. Uh, whoever yeah. whoever doesn't beat the other person, if Mario beats me, then I have to sleep outside. Um, if if I beat Mario, he has to sleep outside. So. Yeah, but I think, Mario, I think Mario should be going in with a lot of confidence because he's fourth at Worlds. He probably believes that he could beat Jakob or be the one to win the race tomorrow. So, yeah, he's like he's very confident. He's a little tired, but he's just in that place where I think it doesn't really matter. He's like, man, I'm so fucking tired. I just want to like, I don't. Not that he wants to be done, but he's just like achieved so much this season that he's very mm. content. Um, but it's an interesting one for him because this will be his last race unless he does something really like crazy in it that gets him enough points to make the diamond league final which would pretty much be winning maybe top three i'm not sure mm-hmm. how many points it's going to take to make the final but yeah he either if he kills it he'll have another race but if not he'll just be partying after it so it's pretty cool win-win i guess definitely well earned <laughs> for sure yeah definitely so, well earned for him too yeah so that's Lausanne. um i don't really know what other events are happening there? Obviously, the women's 3K will be a big one as well. But I'm sure it'll be an amazing meet, as all the Diamond Leagues are. Moving on from that, the race that George and I are competing in is on next Tuesday, the 31st. Is that the 30th or the 31st? 30th. I 30th. Think. One of those ones. And it's in Rovereto, which is a town in Italy, which you raced at last year, right? I did. Yeah. It's a cool meet. Very cool town. Ran a 3K there last year. But... There is not a 3K there this year. 5K. Going for the 5K. Just doing another one. I haven't done enough, apparently. Dude. I'm, I'm, well, I'm blown a... away by how many 5Ks I ran this year. I, yeah. can't, I can't believe I'm doing another one, honestly. It is impressive. Hey, there's no, there's no way to match up in that one as well. Who is it? 
It's you two. Do you, do you want to come race him? <laughs> Dude, why don't we go do a coffee club race off when we all race in the same race? That'll be fun. Let's get a coffee club. Uh, coffee club oh, match off. If yeah. we all just came to fifth there, we could make it happen. Yeah, but so I mean, I'm still on the fence with fifth half as well, bro. No, 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 no. So I'm <laughs> going to bully him into doing it. <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm getting bullied by the other guys as well. But yeah, so Roveretto, what what's the date for that for everyone? Can you watch it? Well, we just said it. I don't know if you're listening, Ollie, but 30th <laughs> next Tuesday. Um, can, I, can I watch it? Probably not. I can watch it, right? Maybe. You could come mm. and watch it in person, I suppose, if you, you could would come like watch to. It. Yeah. You can come watch your boy Jingy yeah. in person. Oh, dude, I don't... Is Jingy running I'm, it? I'm, I'm only going to believe he's there when I see him. Yeah, so so we heard, or Ritz said that someone told him that Jakob was racing this 5K, which I'm just like, why would he race this 5K? He could race Brussels, Diamond League 5K a few days later. Maybe he will, but these European races sometimes are tough. The Diamond Leagues are pretty easy because, you know, they set the fields for those generally at a decent amount of time before and you have a good idea of who's doing it but these low more low-key meets i mean maybe we could look it up and the start list will be out there but you don't really know who's going to be there racing until you get there you just like hear little whispers and so the ones that i'm confident are racing is yemen Kripper, who just won he actually had a great europeans as well he was third in the 5k and then won the 10k after that and apparently he's trying to break 13 which is pretty sweet i mean he's a pretty good runner so i think he can do it and he's He's Italian, so it's a bit of a home meet for him. This, this sounds very reminiscent of Roberto last year, though. Is that what you heard? <laughs> there were whispers that Cripper was coming to Roberto and getting paid to go for the Italian 3K record. And then when we got there, everyone was saying, oh, yeah, Cripper's actually just been partying oh, the last few God. weeks. Like He's super out of shape, and then he goes and runs like 7.55 or something. So... I wouldn't be surprised if he just won two medals at Europeans. Yeah, shit. That doesn't yeah, sound good. Yeah, and he was in Munich too. He was in Munich too, so you can tell for a fact he was having a good time. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, there goes... Maybe both. He could be doing both, but there were also... There was, he was supposed to be the last year to run super fast. And okay. he was really far back. Well, but I, yeah. We'll see what We'll happens. see about that. But, so Sam Parsons is racing it, and Parsons. he's going to have Drew Hunter pacing him. And I think he wants, I don't actually know what he wants. I think it's somewhere between 7.55 and 8 minutes. So at the very least, that's decent pacing. So I'm, I'm hoping it's a quick race. I'm just going to go out there and try to run really quick, try to run a PB, just say fuck it, pull an ollie mm-hmm. hole, just, just leave it all out there. So, Hell yeah, brother. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Not much else to say about a race like that, apart from we're going to go do it. Yeah, we're going to go do it. Go tick it off so yeah i feel like that's it for that one i think yeah i don't think that one will be quite as easy to watch because the streaming for those i don't know maybe if you check i think it's watchathletics.com you might be able to find a stream for it but who knows it's usually pretty random eh? yeah so yeah all the boys are racing though which is cool i think i don't think we've actually like had a week yet where we've all raced together no i think it's the first one yeah, I think it was meant to happen at World I, Champs and then mm. I pulled out of that one. So I think uh, this will be the first <laughs> one, which will be pretty cool. So hopefully we'll get good results and we come back and we have a big celebration next week when we're all up in St. Moritz. I think we'll all be together for the next podcast, I hope at least. But yeah, so that's kind of like our, what's going on with us for this week. Moving on, one of the things that we want to talk a little bit more is the standards, which 
I think George brought this up right coming off world champs when we heard the whispers of what the standards were going to look like. And now they're official. I think they're official. And they're, they've got some people talking. I don't think it's anything too crazy based on how quick everyone's been running and based on the knowledge that World Athletics wants 50% of the times, the qualifiers, sorry, to be times and the other 50% to be rankings. It's Once you know like that's their objective, then it's pretty obvious like how things are going to go. So the standards for Worlds now are 334, which is not that not that crazy, and then 1307 for the 5K and 2710 for the 10K, which that one blows my mind. I'm like... 2710 is quick. TK one's insane. The other yeah. two, maybe a second to two seconds slower than we thought they could be at their like fastest. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense because the 10K is the smallest field <clears throat> at Worlds. The field's half the size. And so of mm. the field that's already half the size is only... It means they only expect 12 people in the world yeah. to run that time. Yeah. So it does make sense when you think about it like that. Kind of does. Um, the women's ones are four, three, five. These sound really similar to what they were last time. Like the 800 women's one is... The, the 800 has actually gotten slower. It's gone slower. Yeah, it used to be thinking. 159.5 and it's actually got slower to 159.8. Yeah. Which is crazy because everything else is way faster. But it makes sense because like I think we were saying that in the 800, not a single male qualified on rankings, but like 30 women qualified on rankings in the 800 because the standard was so hard. Mm. So they've like brought it back. Yeah. Bit of recalibration, if you will. And then 4035 and 1457 and 3040 30, for the women's 10K, which is also crazy. 40 is crazy. But yeah, how do we feel about these rankings, guys? Um. Well, there's another thing that oh, they released that I'm more pissed off about. Yeah, going to feel about it. But I, I honestly think, I think the way that they're trying to do it makes sense. However, I don't think that's how the sport works. Like everyone wants to get the time, right? Everyone wants that time because it's a very, very secure um, position to be in. So if you have a time like that, people are going to currently chase it, which means that they're trying to, they're trying to limit people to doing time trials so they race more races, do more ranking, more points, you know, stuff like that. But people are just going to try and go to those Haywood hashtag Haywood Magic hashtag Jerry uh, Shoemaker time trial races or trying to get in those and try and run the time. Like it's just going to be the same as last year. It's just going to be a harder time to hit and people are just going to do the same thing. They're not really changing the way that the sport is really by just putting these times, making them quicker. I believe, I believe it's just going to be the same where people are just going to try and hammer, um, get into those time trial races that um, Bauman can like kind of control and, and try and run the time. Whereas... I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to get more of these other events. Like, um, for example, um, what was that U.S. gold label event that no one turned up to? Do you remember that event? Um, yeah, it was that in was Mount Sac. Mount Sac one. Mount yeah. Sac, yeah. The Mount Sac one. So, for example, they're probably trying to push more people to go to those events to get more points, to create much more of a bigger atmosphere, to get more big players in there. But really, people aren't going to do that. They're going to prefer to not get the points, go to a Jerry Shoemaker Invitational and run, try and run the time. Even if they don't run it, they're going to try and do it. Um, so I don't believe it's going to change anything really. I know World Athletics are trying to create something where they, they're going to have hopefully to dilute other races and put other bigger heavy hitters into these gold label events that they can create more of an atmosphere. I don't believe it's going to work. I think they're just going to go straight to the time trial stuff that Jerry does or to sound running, try and get the time and then 
that's it. Go to the go to the respective national championship trials. So that's how I actually. That's how I feel about it. That just reminded me about that stand running thing. Apparently, there was a thing with the standards that not you can't run a standard at any meet. Oh, that was, that was just for certain countries. Oh, those there, are certain countries. Yeah, there are certain. I thought countries. it was like a meet had to be a certain level. Ah, there's like certain countries which are on like the sus list. I don't know what it's officially called, but I think it's like the sus the list. Sus list. <laughs> but they don't like trust their performance, their results from meet sometimes, mm. which is like kind of crazy to think about. So I think I'm not sure how it works exactly, but I think if you're from one of those countries, you have to do it in a certain a meet that has a certain level of certification. So that's not for everyone. That'd be really shitty if that was for everyone. I was. I thought it was like because I hadn't really read. I thought it was like had to be like minimum bronze label or something yeah. raise, which yeah. would cut out all the sound running ones. That'd be pretty kind of, which would be crazy. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I think suck for they used to running. pace races at thirteen twenty two because that was the standard, and then they paced races at thirteen thirteen because that was the standard, and now they'll just pace mm. races at thirteen oh five. Like people yep. will just go for that's it. That's the. It's not the. It's not going to change. Which, so I don't so. think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. I think there's still some improvements to be made to the ranking system that stops people from just going yeah. to issue maker races. And also, I don't see the point of encouraging people to go to the NASDAQ championships. <laughs> and, I like that. In the Bahamas. The Mazda, the Mazda championship. Going against the Bahamas, I guess it's probably pretty sweet. Yeah. But the Mazda, the, that, the Mazda championship. I don't think that does anything for the sport of track and field. Well, you know what's crazy nah. is I'm pretty sure they took away the thing that lets you get oh, yeah, was... qualify and they took it away like two days before the meet. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just talking to Joe about that because actually Sean McGordy won in like 29.30. Yeah. So no matter how many po- extra points he gets, doesn't matter. it's pretty pointless. Yeah. And they took, it was like supposed to be an auto A standard like Oceania's, right? I think so. And they took that away? Yeah. I think so. But That's rough for bowel movement. Yeah. That's an unfortunate turn of events. But yeah no i agree with both like what you guys are both saying it's just i i get what they're trying to do but i think in practice it's way too messy and way too complicated obviously if you hit the standard if you're in that top 15 in your event or whatever easy it doesn't matter but everyone wants to have the the way our sport works is you're trying to peak for world champs or whatever and everyone wants to have the security of a standard so then they know that they don't need to keep racing and they can prepare for world champs because it, it's if you think about it from that perspective, it's a bit of like the rich get richer. Like the guys who can just knock off the standard easy, they get more time to like properly prepare. Whereas the guys that aren't sure have mm. to keep doing these extra races, and then so they're gonna be slightly disadvantaged by just not as good preparation. You would think, and it's just the the thought of just so many people coming from a rankings, which yeah, you just can't be sure about. I think you would always feel nervous right up until that final day that like something might happen obviously the rankings don't swing that don't change that dramatically in general but if you're on the edge obviously it's it's going to be really nerve-wracking and so you would prefer a standard i think just to know that you have it so i don't know and then you the other aspect which we've talked about this multiple times as well is then the meets that give you the most points it's like political to get into those meets you have to have like the agent with the connections and all this and even I mean, even our teammates who are crushing it, like Sage and Joe, both, you know, they're not sure about getting into meets right now. Like Joe's not sure about getting into the Brussels 5K. He's run 1304 twice this year, and he's not sure about getting into the Brussels 5K. Sage, who just soloed a 401 and is a 157 runner, isn't sure about getting into, I think it's the Brussels 1500. It's it's crazy. You just like, I mean, maybe if she like had 
a certain agent or whatever you you get in but it's just like that side of it when that comes into play like that gets really messy as well so the more they push for rankings the more that stuff will potentially matter which is not a great thing but yeah i i get the utopic dreams that world athletics have of a system which is fully based on rankings and and there's more like interest in all these different meets and all that but man it's just the in practice it's pretty hard to it's tough to pull off i think there's also and maybe they've tried to get around this by having less performances required but i think the the difference between getting ranking points as a distance runner to either a sprinter or a field event person is is huge it is just because and i I realize that you only need two 10k times and you only need three 5k times as opposed to five and the other events and i assume the field but you can only run so many 5ks a year and some of these field event and and i love (laughs) i'm speaking most about tom walsh right now because i know i know some of his his like travel plans from his last race and or his last meet at com he he went and did like three competitions in like three days just busting them out just just because you can yeah it's different it's so different but like we can't go run three five k's in three days no and you can only run a few a season and like me if when you're in the best shape of your life and you end up going to a big diamond league somewhere but it's 35 degrees so you basically throw that race out the window because you can't it's impossible to run as fast as the time will let you yeah. and that's like yeah. the one you can only run one of them in those that three month window and then that one's written off by conditions because yeah. distance events are affected more by conditions this true you definitely got to get lucky sometimes stuff. it's like the 10k and like the five like you gotta get lucky that, like but... yeah some of the yeah, conditions I mean, I guess time that, that is a tough one i guess they would just say that's where the points come into play but it's not like yeah it's just messy man it's just like it's not perfect and it's not going to be perfect. I don't know. I'm just, I just know it's just going to continually push people to run faster, which is kind of cool. Yeah. That's a cool part of it for sure. It like, is, yeah. It's going to push people forward and in, in time, but like, again, like that's another thing with the sport, like hopefully people like, cause regular folks don't really know about time or care about time. They're more be interested in the rivalry. Right. So if I think what athletics knows that too, and they're trying to push people to not worry too much about time, but competing against each other for points to get the ranking up to do blah, blah, blah. Because they know that if you're going to try and get people involved in the sport or excited or buy a ticket from not buying a ticket, it'd be like, you know, like a Jakob Whiteman um, showdown or I think uh, Mel and Keely Hodgkinson showdown, like have those rivalries to hopefully increase um, people's interest rather than, you know, what time they ran or whatever. So I mean, that's, yeah, it's it's very tough. Like, it's just, I think it, it's just hard to perfect and Morgan kind of mentioned the utopia of it, but yeah, they're definitely maybe, maybe they need to, to have, figure like, it out. You know, most, in a lot of sports, the world champion isn't the person who won one world championship race. It's the person who's like got the most points at the end of the season. I guess maybe that's, there's a diamond league regular season champion and a diamond league champion maybe there should be what, like that's what always going for right that's what, now that's exactly. what it, yeah that's what they have yeah but maybe yeah. there should be like a world champion and a and a regular season world champion yeah to I bring mean, even more like because then it convinces 
like turn into like a running league. That's fine. Yeah, we don't need to get into that. You know, you know how I <laughs> feel about we, that. We already know. Many people keep going, and then they'd be like a world. It'd be like a world championship series. Yeah, with the we already know Morgan's stance on that. Yeah, I don't think I've actually talked about it on the podcast yet, which is kind of shocking, like the whole thing. But we're gonna save it. We'll, we'll save just it know that fall. there's something out there. We'll save it for the fall. We're we'll saving oh, it for we'll episode it. fifty-three. We'll save it until we we launch it. Until we got the funding for <laughs> yeah, the great idea to to improve the sport, take it over, and destroy world athletics. Oops, said it. Um, Oops. So the other thing which was related to this news, I mean, this isn't actually related to the standards, but the news came out at the same time as they started mentioning the standards was their new thing, which I think it starts in 2024. I believe their how do you say the word, George? Repage. 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 Rounds. Dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fucking stupid. So just, who wants to explain how this works? I don't I'll know. explain I'll take it. it. Wait, you know? Oh, you got, you got. Right, I'd actually love to hear Ollie explain it. <laughs> so the fucking dumb rule is <laughs> that if you run 1500 meter or to, 1500 meter to 200 meters, there's an extra round. So usually for people that don't really know the qualification process at most championships, there's usually like a heat, semi, and a final. And you usually have time qualifiers that come out of those. Now, we've talked about our stance for the 5K time qualifiers and how stupid that is. That's not even affecting that because 5K is not involved in this. It's 1,500 to 200 meters. They're adding in an extra round for the fastest losers, which is the people that don't qualify with an auto qualification to go for another round to try and get into that final. Now, if you think about it, as a logical, normal human being, running another 1,500, running another 800, running another 200 or 400 isn't going to be advantageous to you to make the final because you're going to be fucking cooked, like particularly in longer events. I think I shouldn't say it because I don't know much about sprints, but like potentially with 200, you know, you might be able to get away with it a bit more. But imagine running, imagine if you're a woman and you're a 158 woman, right? And you have to run these races that are like 158s, right? They're near your PR and you don't, you just miss out on making it to, uh, the final, or you miss out in the heat, you have to run another round. You get to run another round to make it, but it's another 158. You're going to get to the final. You're going to be like spent. You're not even going to be able to be competitive. It's the dumbest fucking thing that they've ever come up with. I think whoever decided to do that rule should be fired and should be kicked out of the sport because that is just not helping anybody. It's not. And it's also creating a, a, a dangerous pretense that when you get into the heat and you think that you're not going to be ready for this or like it's not working out your way you can just slow down you can run like a three minute 800 because you know you're going to get into another sure. round later on yeah and you can just you go after it like it's just going to change the way that heats are run it's going to be stupid and it's going to create more pressure for the athletes to qualify in a different way or just back off completely and make the race look even more ridiculous so yeah. world athletics congratulations you've just <laughs> fucking put another nail in the coffin um yeah, I, I personally think it's extremely stupid, but yeah, that's my so take will on it. it be, <laughs> is it still, will it be like top three, next three, and these three end up in the record no, charge? There's, there's no time. There's no time. I've, at least in the first round, there's no time qualifiers. That's the thing. No, but who, sure. So how do they, is it just the next two people in each heat or next three people in each no, heat? No, everyone. Every single person. So this is this is the, one of the things that they said, which annoyed me. And they said this was like a good thing. They said, Everyone that competes at the championships will run at least once. We'll get to race at least twice. That's so if thing. you're in the 500 and it's like top, okay, so top five, well, maybe it'll be top six, go through the next round, bottom six, get race to run again. again. Yeah. That's right, that is bullshit. That's because then it's fucking stupid. If you're like, if you know that the top six people are really good, 
You should you just, just slow down. Run, yeah. You should just go run five minutes, six minutes. Just, just go for walk a walk. Let's go for a walk. Yeah. Go for and, a trot. Then, and then you also only have to run three rounds, really. Exactly. Guys. Dude, but that's you the thing. Like, you're getting top six. No, but then if you're trying to. The next round, they won't be as good. Yeah. 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 Just if you try to do fan with, engagement, with, with can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine the fan engagement? People turn up, like these kids turn up to watch these athletes, and they're like, why is that guy walking in this race? Why is he? Why is he running slow like that? He's not even in with the field, and then they have to they have to explain to the kids. Oh, but he can he has another chance. It is just, this yeah. round doesn't matter. He just he can just I go out here and have fun. Isn't it so I thought it was like I thought it was like all right, top four go through automatically. Next four get to run again. Bottom no, four don't get to run at all. It's everyone, that's the crazy thing. And the thing so is, dumb, bro. <laughs> obviously, obviously for us, we're pretty into it. The heats are entertaining in their own way, but at the end of the day, yep. if you're a fan. Like, I don't give a fuck about watching the heats, really. And you've just added in a loser's bracket, a loser's heats. Dude, who the fuck, no offense to people that are in that. Like, maybe I'll be in one of them one day myself. I don't know. But who the fuck cares about watching that? Like, <sighs> just the problem isn't, like, I don't know. Like, people just don't want to watch that. They want to watch the more exciting stuff. And you're just adding in more filler out of me, yeah, which sure. already has so much shitty filler. It'll just be all I the mean, people like, that aren't. Is, it'll be all the people, like not at the top either because that's what people come to watch in the yeah. entertainment. Whole, the whole point of qualifying, bro. Like you you go, like I I mean, I went through it at Worlds. You go to the semi, you don't make it through, you're not through. You have yeah. to live with that and fucking move on. Whereas this thing yeah. is just like giving us like a safety net that nobody wants. Like you're in the sport to qualify to the final and that is what you should focus on. And if you don't make it, you don't make it. But it yeah. seems now they're putting in a safety net and it's just going to create a whole different environment in the space of heats. Is this going to make yeah. it super weird? I don't even know how to re- like it's going to react. I know it's big when rowing. it actually happens, and I think it's always been in rowing. Yeah, I wonder. But I don't really know how it works. If it's the same that you always get to row twice, no matter what. Yeah, and rowing's different as well because you can you can row more times. I'm not saying no. If I'm explain that well, rowing doesn't have as much of a toll on your body. Yeah, because it's not running, no, it's not an impact as running a race does. And no disrespect to any of the athletes that are going to be finding themselves in these races. We're just more taking like. A more critical system. stance on the yeah. system yeah which is just like what are you guys thinking so yeah i think i think we set our two cents on that it's just weird to see i that. think i think we've just yeah we've we've had our <laughs> statement on that seriously like what if like fucking ask someone before you decide to do something so stupid next time like <laughs> yeah they're all someone. like a freaking you have like people like oh, we're gonna make an f1 <laughs> drive to survive we're gonna make like exciting stuff for the sport there's big things coming and then they release this and you're thinking like who the fuck is running the show is it yeah. a monkey like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. We got we got so we got stupid. big plans. We got big plans to improve the sport. Here's yeah. one of them. Yeah, coffee clubs well, taking over. The baby. thing is, they do this every year because and with the stuff they try and change with the Diamond League, like they do it one year, and then they have to get rid of it. The jump off stuff, they're taking the five k out. Just happens all the time. But so we could go on forever about that. But I think the final thing that we want to talk about today was an interesting topic that George brought up in the pre-show was he was asking about like how mondo how i think how mondo did at europeans and how the like exciting it was pretty much because just kind of like getting onto the idea of at some point when someone is too dominant does it become less interesting and if that is happening in certain events in our sport like mondo as a good example or sydney mclaughlin which is like a kind of a weird thing to think about because obviously we all aspire to be like that. We would all obviously want to be as dominant as they are. But it is interesting when I know at Europeans, Mondo was jumping and I think he had the gold secured like pretty easily. And then he just was like, oh, I'm done. 
And so it's like he's one of the biggest stars, and you would expect there to be a pretty good correlation between the biggest stars competing and the most exciting event happening or the most exciting fan experience, but it doesn't necessarily always work that way. So we're just like, yeah, I think the person we've seen it in, I think we've, and we've talked about the most was Sydney. And because there was that big announcement months ago that she was running her first ever diamond league or her first diamond league in like four years or something. Really? Like she's just been breaking world records and, and winning worlds in Olympics and then just not, not actually showing up to the diamond leagues or anything. Mm-hmm. No, no disrespect against Sydney, probably yeah. like incredible athlete. She probably would win the 400 as well. I would love to be doing what she does. <laughs> it's insane. But just thinking about the opportunity she has to in the sport, like, is that providing, is that providing the best like entertainment for the sport? Yeah. 100% no, 100% no. I think what Sydney does is fueled by financial incentives. And as an athlete, um, like obviously you got the big ones, you got the world champs, Olympics, you know, you turn up for those. But for her, like a lot of the races she does, it's, it's more of a financial thing for sure. I mean, it's domestic. Um, she's probably getting great appearance fees. She doesn't have to travel very far. Um, you know, she, she, she knows that she doesn't have to do that many races to prove her do- dominance. And like, I think... For her, it's, it's definitely on like she has the incentives as an individual athlete and as a person making money in the sport where it's a finite amount of time. She has the right to do that. However, for the 400 meter hurdles in general, having her Femke Bowl, having more of a rivalry there, she's definitely not making it good for entertainment purposes. She's making it worse because she's not turning up to these diamond leagues. She's not creating much more of an environment for people to go and see her in Europe, you know, an international star racing a domestic star and you know it doesn't have that that definite vibe and speaking of like dominance in general like with mondo i think it's also going to start to get boring not just for people watching but for for him like he's just going to be winning all the time he's like i'm kind of getting bored like i'm not i'm not being challenged as much but i think he did say in an interview because they asked him that question he said in the interview he's like you can always win again and you can always go higher so that's that's his motivation and his goal um which is a great response by mondo but if you look at dominance, for example, in the 1500 meters in, in my event with Jakob, Jakob is the most dominant runner in the 1500 meters. No question about it. However, I believe that Jake winning the world championships was the best thing for that event. 100% the best thing because it was entertaining. It was different. It was exciting. It was an upset and it was depth. And it's also like, it's not surprising for the people that follow the 1500 meters because Jake's always been there. He's always been around and he, he has, has shown potential of potentially, you know, meddling or doing something spectacular and he did it. And it was just huge the hype up, you know, Jakob gets beaten, blah, blah, blah. And it was good. I think, I mean, Jakob wouldn't agree obviously, but it's good because then Jakob goes in the five game wins, you know, it creates this kind of like, there is a dominance in the 1500 by one man, but there is also a great bunch of athletes in the 1500 that could create an upset, could create, you know, moments that you remember, like, oh, I remember when I was in the stadium when Jake Wyman became world champion and beat Jakob Ingebrigtsen and the Olympic gold medalist. Or I remember when Oli Hall uh, ran Com Games and beat, you know, the the world champion and the former world. Like, there's stuff like that. There's races like that in the 15 in particular in this event right now that I think creates much more of a fan engagement because they're seeing other athletes being able to achieve something and create much more excitement around like who's going to win. Because obviously you put your money on Jakob hundred percent, but there is the people know there is a possibility that somebody else could come out and pull the win. When it comes to Mondo, when it comes to Sydney, I think when you guys think it in your head, it's like there's no, the only way that these people aren't going to win is if they are sick, they fall over a hurdle or they just 
don't turn up. So I think personally, like it's just 1500 meters entertaining and it's definitely a huge event right now in the sport because of that factor. And I think if so it was the same all, right? factor. This is huh? just totally unbiased. <laughs> no, I, I believe I, believe I am biased. No, I am biased. True. However, if you take what the 1500 meter has right now and you put it into pole vault, I think pole vault would be way more exciting. I agree with that with the 400 hurdles, like because there's more of a toss up. But there's still yeah. dominance, you know, there's still someone dominating. But that's just my yeah. opinion who, on it. Who has more followers? Does Mondo or does Jakob as our social media analyst? Yeah, Jakob has more, I'm pretty sure. Let I'm me check. guess Jakob. Really? I would guess Jakob. Just because thinking about how many how many more people are into distance running than Paul Volney. I mean he I think Mondo's big though, isn't he? Yeah, but okay. so Sydney sure, has man. like Oh yeah, true. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> like I people still massive. do love watching yeah. Mondo jump and love watching Sydney run. And it, like, it is amazing. It's they like love watching Ryan Krauser throw. Yeah. But it is true. Like, if Jakob has a bad race, he wins world champs. I mean, fuck. If Jakob has a bad race, he loses world champs. If Mondo has a bad jump, oh, he just does it again. Yeah. He just, jump, he just jumps over it the next time. Yeah. So yeah. Jakob has 438,000 followers. Mondo. Can't believe you had to do research on this, Ollie. No, I'm pretty sure it's Mondo, but I'm just making sure. Uh, why isn't Mondo not coming up? There he is. Mondo. Oh, I am wrong. 442K. Mondo has 4K Wait, more. They're like equal? They're almost equal. That's crazy. Wow, that, that really surprises me. But the the thing with, not to sound like a broken record player, but the thing with this one as well is it's not like it's the athlete's fault at all. Uh, it's not no. at all, obviously. No. Like, it's not like you not. charge the athlete with the responsibility of making the sport interesting. Obviously, Bauman get a lot of shit for like the way they operate sometimes, but it's they're just trying to do the best that they can within the system that exists. And an interesting comparison that we were talking about earlier was F1 because we just went through a period where the Mercedes team – and F1 is a crazy example of this where – a team literally has a better car than the other people. So they're actually unbeatable. And Mercedes, I think, won seven world titles in nine. a row. I think it was nine, team, wasn't it? An individual. So, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then it's more about, like, what is the sport going to do to change that? Yeah. And, then, and they do. That's, and they well, changed that, it. That's the crazy thing. In the last season of Drive to Survive, they had the – I don't know what his position is, but the CEO, let's say, of F1. Commissioner. One. And he said, literally, like, I want to make it so that Lewis doesn't win. Yeah. Like, isn't that crazy? Like, he said hmm. he wants to make it so that it doesn't work like that. Which Imagine if Sib Code came on <laughs> and was like, I'm going to change the sport to make it so Mondo doesn't win. It's, it's so crazy. But then, you, yeah, you think about the business side of it and the entertainment side of it, which really matters a lot. And you're like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. It's going to get boring hmm. and it's not going to be successful if the same thing happens every time. So... I mean, it's we're, we're just ragging on World Athletics in the end again. Well, the thing is, World Athletics can't do anything about that. Like, they can't change a car. They could change hurdle height. They could change the pole that Mondo uses. But in again, yeah, like, Mondo imagine if you're watching that, it's unfair. It's yeah, just, it's, it's unfair. It's still unfair because they I mean, are like they should be yeah. jumping the same hurdle. You know, I mean, and morally, I think it's you like should be on the same thing. It's a pretty, I guess it's just a pretty fundamental issue with track and field. And it's why yeah. track and field just naturally doesn't lend itself to be as interesting as a lot of different sports, which have more malleable aspects to their, to them in terms of like the rules mm. and stuff. Like how can you change 
track and field. I mean, like we, yeah, we'll talk about some ideas we have at some point, but in the track and field itself, pretty hard to change. And then they do try to do these trivial things sometimes, like the handicap races and stuff, which are pretty big in Australia. Um, yeah, they, and they're yeah. actually very exciting. So they, they do kind of work, but they also don't work because you know it's never going to replace the sport in the way that in a different sport, they can just change the rules year to year. And it's like, okay, well, this is how the sport works now. It's, it just mm. changed. And like yeah. most yeah. other sports are able to do that. And it is necessary to do that, to keep up like in this day and age from a business entertainment standpoint, because things are constantly changing and track and field just doesn't have that, uh, I don't know, dynamicism or whatever it needs, which is probably why, I mean, I don't know what the stats are, but I'm going to guess like track and field is, getting less popular consistently relative to other sports. I'm not sure on that. I uh, I think in Europe it's bigger than it has been. I just mean like the I think trend. Europeans I don't, are yeah, I don't know though. I don't know. The trend in, I think in the US. As quickly as some sports. Yeah. Yeah. At the US, I think in particular, it's not as trendy as I thought it would be. Um, like high school. Yeah. And, like high school is pretty big and, and college, but you'd think pro running, particularly with, with uh, you know, America are the world champion team. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you'd expect world them champ. to be like, yeah, well, the world championship teams, you expect them to throw a lot of money into the sports track and field because they were rewarded themselves with a $200,000 check uh, for yeah. setting up that um, event. Um, but yeah, like it's still, I think there's, it's still not as big as it should be. I think there's like so much talent in the US and so many amazing uh, athletes that you would expect it to be bigger than what it actually is. It's just so different to other sports because imagine if, Imagine if track and field didn't have the participation numbers that it has. And maybe that that is probably what keeps it alive is I think maybe in participation, it might be getting more popular and that'll funnel through mm. to the pro yeah. side. But isn't it? Imagine if it was like a different sport where like the participation doesn't matter at all. It's not like, it's not like for F1, the participation of people driving cars. That's what's crazy. At all for the sport. None of the fans yeah. drive cars. Like none <laughs> like of the fans the, are racing drivers, or at least yeah. very few. Yeah, like it doesn't matter. Whereas track and field is very lucky that it's such a good sport for like youth to do. And, and that seems like there's such an opportunity. Every yeah. single person who's watching it probably does the sport, and yeah. yet we can't make it more interesting. Yeah, they have their own personal connection to it. Yeah, right on today, and then we're going to be back. Yeah with uh we'll suggestions bring, we'll bring the answers we'll bring the solutions but, yeah yeah um so yeah we just thought that was like kind of like an interesting thought-provoking thing just something that we were chatting about you know day-to-day life just you know that's the type of shit that we talk about when we get bored making the sport yep. better so i think it's probably a pretty good time to wrap it up always got 10 minutes to get ready to get on his bus <laughs> But, yeah, uh, <laughs> we miss it, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, good. You race it tomorrow, huh, Ollie? Good luck. Tomorrow night. Yeah. Thanks, boys. Um, will I see you before you go to River Yeah. We'll be here. Okay. We'll be here. I'll, I'll save my good lucks for you guys till then. Cheers. So. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 49. We'll see you guys next week.